What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to This Week in Sports. I'm your host, as always, The Pody. It is Sunday, August 29th, 2021, and it's finally happening. It took me a little poking and prodding about two weeks, but I've got Nick back on the show. What is up, my guy? What's up, Pody? Good to be back. Good to talk football with you today. We got some games actually underway right now. Cowboys-Jags are kicking it off at the second quarter action right now. But football is officially back, and we picked a great time to start talking sports. Yes, indeed we did. Um, football is officially back. We had um, some college football getting underway yesterday, so that was fun. I won some money on a nice three-team parlay. Hit easily, but I'm excited. The New York Jets, I just briefly spoke to you about this, just made a big-time trade, picking up Shaq Lawson from the Texans, according to Adam Schefter. There are no, um, There's no word on details of that trade, what it involves, but obviously with Carl Lawson going down, um, for the season with that Achilles injury, this is a huge pickup for the Jets, and I'm intrigued now to see what this team can do, putting it all together. But basically, you know, we're just going to break break down um, our predictions division by division and, and give you the lay of the land. Some recent trades been been taking place, different things of that, rumors going on right now, et cetera. Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot of football today. It's going to most solely focus on the NFL in its entirety. Maybe maybe a couple of curveballs here and there, but for the majority of it, we're going to give you guys our predictions on how each of these conferences and divisions are going to shape out, uh, which big moves that we think this offseason are going to pay dividends for the teams that made them, and kind of give you guys our sneak peek, a little bit biased here with our Jets and Broncos fandom, but it's going to help because we have a lot of wisdom about two totally different divisions and two totally different power, powerhouse teams in each. And uh, it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, so without further ado, let's jump right in. We are living in a different era right now. We're waiting to hear something. There were days when the sun was so Leave football alone. It's all we got. Touch me like this, and hold you like that. It's so hard to believe, but it's all coming back to me. It's all coming back, it's all coming back to me now. There were moments of fear, and there were flashes of light. you guys enjoyed that intro as much as we did jamming out to it you definitely did um yeah just thought i'd bring a little 
added flavor. I'm excited for this episode because football season, again, right around the corner, we've got our fantasy football draft coming up in about a week or so, mere few days. Um, There was a major injury yesterday, actually. J.K. Dobbins, he is presumed out for the year with an ACL injury. That's the latest I'm seeing on that. Um, So I feel bad for anybody that had their draft prior to week three of the preseason ending. Most teams will not suit up their star players in the final preseason game, but I don't know what the Ravens um, are doing. I, I don't know if they realize or not that the preseason does not count, but they've won 20 preseason games in a row, 20 straight preseason games. Oh my God. And it means absolutely nothing. And now their second year running back, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State is done for the year. So it's good for for someone like me and you who has not yet had our fantasy draft. And somebody like a Gus Edwards going to be interesting to see where he falls, if he's going to be... Um, in line for more touches now. So that'll be interesting, but that that's just a quick note um, on a major injury that came through yesterday. Um, all right. So without further ado, let's start with, you, you said we could start with the AFC East. So I'm cool with starting with the AFC East. Yeah. Let's run through the AFC East. Cause I think this is one of the more intriguing ones. There's a lot of shape ups in this division and there's going to be some news to come on this weekend with the Deshaun Watson potential trade to the Miami Dolphins. We're going to see how many first-round picks they're willing to give up to get him. Um, but, yeah, let's start in the AFC. So start, I'm going to start with the Bills here. Okay. I think I think we're going to just start with the best team in the AFC East, in my opinion. I think they have all the tools to take them back to a nice playoff run. Josh Allen, one of the top five, if not top seven, quarterbacks in the division right now, or in the league right now, he is a, a fantasy football stud. They have so many weapons around him. He's taken such a giant leap in the first two, three years in this league. And he he's just a machine. His power was always there with the arm strength. The accuracy has improved every year. Um, and they've just made some nice moves in the offseason. They bring in... The one thing that I'm surprised about is they brought in Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. They, they took him on a nice one-year deal, a prove-it prove year. As a nice backup, they met. They bring in Matt Breda, Matt Breda, sorry, and they made some nice moves. I like the team itself. I like their coaching Emmanuel style. Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders too. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. They bring in Jacob Hollister, who's like one of those journeyman tight ends. Uh, I like the moves they made, and I also like their coach. They have some of the most competent coaching in the league. Them, the Steelers, the Ravens. You know those types of gritty in your face rip the headset off your head, yelling onto the field style coaches coming from being a Broncos fan, man. I, I can't stand Fangio, but when I see a coach like McDermott out over there pacing back and forth, it gives your team energy. He's a lightning bolt. Yeah. I mean, Brian Dable, what he's been able to do with that offense, you just mentioned it, the leap Josh Allen took from year two to year three was astronomical. Yes. He's a top five quarterback in this league for sure he was a stud on my fantasy team last year I picked him up in the later rounds was thoroughly impressed his power uh, his arm strength is ridiculous Um, he's able to run you over Uh, he doesn't take too many hits and when he does he's usually the one laying the hits unlike Justin Fields a couple weeks ago getting the smackdown laid on him 
we saw that blitz off the edge, but um, we'll get to more on that later. But no, the Bills are easily the favorites to win this division. Of course, they were in the AFC Championship game a year ago. They've got their sights set on getting back there. Um, the only thing I will say that is going to be a possible trip up for this team is COVID, right? Because you've got guys like Cole Beasley, who's been very outspoken about not being vaccinated. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, who, although he posted that letter on social media, apparently he did since get vaccinated after that. But that's really going to be their only trip up is, say, injuries and COVID. And I'm very intrigued to see what COVID does in terms of this season. Are they going to actually forfeit games? Is it going to be one of those things where if it's only unvaccinated players getting uh, testing positive, are they just going to be out that week and then we're going to move on? Um, Jerry Jones had some glaring comments on the fan um, on his weekly spot. He basically said without mincing words that if you're not vaccinated, you're not going to be on my team, which to me is a load of is a load of crap, because if you have Dak Prescott, if he's not vaccinated, you're going to kick him off the team. Absolutely not. No, you're not going to. I mean, that. You just paid this man. Um, so you're not doing that. So that's a load of BS. So I really wish um, because they're getting to a point, especially here in New Jersey as well where they're starting to mandate the vaccine and and in New York as well, if you want to go eat inside restaurants and different things like that. And I really hope that a lot of people start to wake up to this and, and especially those that are unvaccinated as well, that are more prominent and say, well, hold on a second. Like it's actually the vaccinated people that are starting to get the breakthrough cases because of course, which makes no sense right now in the league, they're testing them only 14 days out. So every 14 days they're being tested and a lot of them are the ones coming back positive while the guys that are not vaccinated are wearing their masks. Cole Beasley did say he was around the trainer that tested positive and he had his mask on, yet they still sent him home for the five mandatory five days until he tested negative a couple times, whatever. So it, it's weird. And he was back yesterday. The Bills balled out. I'm surprised that most of the starters played the first half against Pittsburgh, but they they balled out. So there's no there's no question Baltimore, uh, Buffalo has gotten a little bit better even than last year. Whether it's enough to beat the Chiefs in that title game, um, I still think it's not. But they're, without a doubt, by far the best team in this division. So where it goes from there is going to be interesting because, like you said, the Miami Dolphins – they came up a game short last season of making the playoffs. They won 10 games, but that final game, they got blown out. And you saw the ups and downs, really, of Tua. Was he fully healthy? Who knows? Is he the guy yet, yet to be determined? But you just said it. There are rumors that the Miami Dolphins are all in on Deshaun Watson. There was actually, I saw it is the uh, Miami Dolphins and the the Carolina Panthers are the two front runners, but more so it's the Dolphins. So if the Dolphins are in on Deshaun Watson, does that mean they're out on Tua? This is a very murky waters type of situation, though, because I don't know if you've seen or, or, or know what's going on, but there seemingly has been silence in regards to Deshaun Watson and his accusers and what's going to take place. If they trade for him, is he eligible to play? Is he going to play for the Texans? Like, what is going on? I, I honestly don't know right now. I don't think anybody really does. It's I think the Texans, when they first started, they said they were going to handle it internally. Um, and then the NFL started to get 
involved and he was serving time um, away from the team. Um, it's it's very, a very confusing thing. Nobody really does know what's going on. But the one thing I do know is that if he does get traded to the Miami Dolphins, they are probably going to leapfrog the other two teams at the bottom of that division and go on a nice run. He's a he's a stud quarterback. The athleticism is there. He's a proven winner, and he's he's going to be making a lot of money. And to commit potentially to a and other first round picks to make that move shows you that what Miami has been doing for the last couple of years and building up all this draft capital, saving up all these picks. Who are they going to spend it on? A guy like Deshaun Watson, that's going to pay dividends for them. And I think that's going to be a nice leap for them and give them some quarterback uh, play that they've been longing for. They've been long. Look at what they did last year with a quarterback by committee up until it got to the fourth quarter. And then they had to uh, play the beard to like secure some wins or he gets that crazy face mask play. Hey, yeah, getting, it's he's magic. pulled away from his body. Yeah, if it's magic, it's it's. I know. I don't know. I like I like what Miami does. The Deshaun Watson thing. You're right though. Nobody really does know what the heck is going yeah. on. It's it's bizarre. I mean, here's the thing though. I don't see any team, whether it's the Dolphins, the Panthers, whoever, making this trade. Because, like you said, that's a good point. If they get rid of, uh, if they make the trade for Deshaun, Tua's going in that deal. He's going back to Houston. But here's the problem. Do they make that trade without knowing if he's going to play this season? I don't think so. I don't see them making this trade because they're ready. They're built. They have the potential. They can make the playoffs. If they get some more stable quarterback play, I could see Tua being a little bit better um, from year one to year two, although I'm still not 100%. I don't think he's the guy. Um, But Brian Flores, I think they have a good foundation built there where they can get it done and make the playoffs. But, If they make this trade and Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the year or put on, you know, leave kind of like a um, uh, like we're seeing in baseball right now with Trevor Bauer every week, he just keeps getting put on administrative leave and there's like no word on what's going on. And he's probably not coming back this season. That's why they went out and made the trade for Max Scherzer. So if the Miami Dolphins do this, I could see absolute hell breaking loose if they make this trade and it's an epic failure and he does not play this season and then who knows he could he could come back after a year it could be uh you know he comes back and gets hurt and then it just blows up in the face you you never know that's why right now um i'm inclined to believe that there is not going to be a trade made the only reason i would think that this trade would probably be made and it could actually not involve Tua they could actually keep Tua and give up the first round picks to get Deshaun. The Texans, I think, have said that they're impressed with Tyrod Taylor's play so far, which, I mean, uh, the way that his career has been, it's it's a little shaky to put your franchise in the hands of him. But, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're avoiding uh, giving up Tua in the trade because you think you need some insurance against the, the claims that have been made against Deshaun, he might sit the year. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, but right now he's the betting favorite to go to Miami. They're going to make the trade. Wow. Um, on the flip side of that, actually, speaking of the Houston Texans, they have all the the leverage here because let's face it, they're probably not going to be very good. So, and their defense has been terrible over the last couple of years. They have not uh, been able to to get the job done, even with Deshaun Watson. Um, and even when they had DeAndre Hopkins, it's just, you know, uh, 
Bill O'Brien was an epic disaster. They hired this old guy from the Ravens, I believe now, as their head coach. So they're the, the Texans are not stupid here. They're in the AFC South. It's not a great division. Um, the Titans are obviously the the leaders at the top of the pack there. And then we'll see what happens with the Colts and Carson Wentz. But the Texans are thinking rebuild. So they want to probably get rid of Deshaun Watson because they haven't been able to win with him. So why not just recoup as many first round picks as you can and just tank this entire season away, get the number one pick and then go from there. And then they have options, right? Whether they trade, make this trade, get Tua back in return or don't get Tua, like you said, and then maybe have the number one pick for a potential quarterback coming out. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out, but I don't want to spend too much time. We could get to it a little bit more when, yeah. we, when we talk about the AFC South, but let's real quick, we'll talk about um, my Jets and the Patriots. So we'll start with the Patriots because obviously the Jets are the proverbial um, you know, fourth place finishers in this division. Um, although, you know, I don't want to sleep on them too much but let's talk Patriots because this is an intriguing one they missed the playoffs for the first time since what 08 last year um and it was actually the first time um probably since like 09 that they didn't win the division and it was the first time in 25 years that the Bills won the division so the Patriots are intriguing because Belichick he saw the holes they needed to fill he went out in free agency spent a ton of money and they drafted Mac Jones at 15, who Mac Jones, in my opinion, should have won the Heisman Trophy over um, his teammate, Devontae Smith, but that's fine. Um, Well-deserved either way. He seems to be the perfect fit for a Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels-led offense. He, he seems like the replacement to Tom Brady. He's been balling out. I don't know if you saw in joint practices with the New York Giants, he completed 18 straight passes. Um, I don't know if, you know, that's on him or if that's more so glaring on how bad the Giants defense is going to be this year. But either way, um, you know, we're talking about practice, but still he seems like he he's outplayed Cam Newton in the preseason so far. And then Cam Newton didn't help himself by, you know, he went to see some doctor or something. And then I don't know if he got COVID or tested or what happened, but then he had to quarantine all sorts of stuff going on there. But more than likely what's happening with these teams, we're seeing it in San Francisco. We're seeing it in Chicago. They're reluctant to name these rookies, these starters in week one, when they still have these veterans that have, proven that they can get to a Super Bowl and that they can, you know, lead a team to the playoffs. So uh, I'm very intrigued to see this Patriots team can be as bad as they were last year or depending on that quarterback play can can be as good as they need to be like the Dolphins to push for a playoffs. But I think these two teams, the Patriots and Dolphins, are going to be pushing each other for one of those playoff spots. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that. The Patriots came out first day of free agency. What did they do? They made a huge splash. They bring in two of the top tight ends in the free agency market, Jonu Smith mm-hmm. and Hunter Henry. Solidify both sides of that offensive line with pass and run blocking tight ends. Huge upgrade. Huge upgrade to what they had last year. Then they go out in the draft and they take 
potential. You could. There was a lot of arguments that Mac Jones was probably the, the second best quarterback in the draft, and they got him at 15. That's a steal and a half. He's pushing Cam Newton in in this offseason uh, race. They have yet. I, I guess they have yet to announce who their starting quarterback is, or did they already announce that it's Cam? I don't. I I I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I think they're leaning towards Cam, but I don't know that anything official has been announced. Yeah, that's going to be one of the. I mean, there's been a lot of quarterback races this uh, off season. I think Cam Newton. All signs are pointing to that Cam is going to win the quarterback's uh, job in New England. But you know what? I I agree with that. You gotta let you gotta let Matt kind of earn his place on the team. He's shown you what he's got. And then the other option, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't really consider it an option, but they did bring back Brian Hoyer on a one-year deal who I guess I forgot he was even still in the league. The last time I think I saw him play was in a playoff game against against the Chiefs in like 2016 or something. It's I can't believe he's still playing. But I, the Patriots are one of those teams that their coaching is so – they're so fundamentally sound and they're so competitive that when you see a season almost like last year, you have to believe that – Belichick knew what was going on. He's like, all right, guys, just just play out the season, and then next year we'll address every need that we have under the sun and excel in each one. And that's exactly what they did. 100%. It was an anomaly season last year, more than likely. They had how many players opt out, too, because of COVID? A lot of players opted out. So I think they will be fine. This is going to be a fun division, though, because, I mean, you've got three solid teams that could be playoff contenders. And then you have my New York Jets, who let, let's, you know, if we start to peel back the layers, it doesn't look as bad as it sounds, okay? So for one, it looks like they finally hit on the quarterback. I don't, you know, I don't want to get too excited too fast, pump the brakes just a little bit, but we haven't had a quarterback since Joe Namath, let's face it. Mark Sanchez was a game manager. He did fine, but that was all on the defense. Uh, Sam Darnold was an absolute disaster. Geno Smith was a disaster. I mean, we just can't get out of our own way. So this is our highest drafted quarterback in like 60 years since Joe Namath. So um, I'm excited to where the future leads throughout the preseason. Uh, Zach Wilson only played in two games. He did not play in that final game in Philly on Friday. Um, but he looks legit through two preseason games. He probably leads the pack of all of the, uh, drafted first round quarterbacks. That's not just me saying that a lot of, um, analysts have been saying that from what I've been watching. Chris Sims said that Stephen A. Smith, a lot of articles I'm reading from Fox said that as well, Fox sports. So I'm, I'm high on the quarterback there. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing with Zach Wilson. There's still going to be growing pains. Um, they, they went out, they added Tevin Coleman. They picked up Michael Carter in the fourth round, solid, solid, uh, running back there. They go out and get Elijah Moore. So, you know, this team, obviously they, they bring in Robert Sala, defensive minded head coach, uh, you know, big energy guy, all gas, no break is his mantra, right? So I I do think there's going to be improvements. And I say this a lot after watching the jets under Todd Bowles and Adam Gase, I have to say that I we needed this change. I need somebody that's going to bring a lot of energy. I'm going to see him jumping around on TV, screaming, cursing, you know, um, all of it. And I'm okay if the Jets are losing games, but if they're losing games, 
by scoring a lot of points. That's all I care about, and that's all I want to see because this is an offensive-driven league, as we've seen with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and what Tom Brady has been able to do in Tampa Bay, even Aaron Rodgers. You know, the teams with the good offenses, the good quarterbacks, they're the teams that go far. Yes, defense wins championships, as we saw. That was the reason why the Bucs were able to get past the Chiefs in that Super Bowl, but it's an offensive-driven league, and it's a quarterback-driven league. So if they got the quarterback right and they they bring the weapons around him and they can put up points, you know, I'm okay with the Jets losing games 41 to 28, you know, 31 to 28, stuff like like I'm okay if the Jets can put up points. I'm okay with that. I just want to see incremental improvements from week to week to week with this offense because that's really where the team is centered on. They have one of the 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 youngest uh you know, secondary groups in the NFL. In fact, I think it is the youngest in terms of starters. Most likely you have Bless Austin, who I want to say was like a sixth round pick a few years ago out of Rutgers. He was often injured there. Um, and then who's he, he's a physical uh, corner. He's not bad, um, but he's, you know, he's he's not great. And then you have the the kid Bryce Hall, who they drafted, I believe, Last year, who coming out of Virginia, also another injury prone guy. So those are you're going to be your starters. They brought a couple guys in and, you know, the nickel spot. But it's, you know, I'm I'm not banking on this defense. And then, of course, like I said, Carl Lawson goes down. They just made the trade for Shaq Lawson. Uh, Priyank is telling me it's a sixth round pick that they're giving up. So, yeah, I'm, o- yeah I'm OK with that. Um, but the defense is going to struggle. Um, they were supposed to be able to get some pressure up front with this new uh, defensive line, but now Vinny Curry's out. They've got, uh, you know, Shaq Lawson's out. They lost Gerard Davis. You know, they're two big free agent acquisitions gone. Uh, Vinny Curry's out with, a you know, some rare blood disease or something out for the season. Um, so more than likely, the Jets will finish fourth in this division. But again, when you look at the three teams ahead of them, that's not necessarily saying they will have an absolutely terrible season I think the Jets the my one issue well I had a lot of issues with the Jets last season watching them but the one issue that I think that every fan of the New York Jets was totally on board with was this guy Adam Gase needs to go the incompetence of the coaching position of this Jets team was so glaringly obvious that like week four they're having reports out that he's already losing the locker room as soon as the New York media is reporting that the head coach of the of the New York Jets is losing the locker room, you already know it has to be worse than that. These these the plays that he's drawing up, the 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 offense's inability to get first downs and drives, it was it's just sad to watch them play. But they made a lot of moves this season. Like they they bring in Lamarcus Joyner, who I think is one of the more underrated corners in the league. They got him at a nice price. They bring in Corey Davis out of uh, Tennessee. They signed him to a nice little uh, three-year deal. He's going to be, I think, a stud this year. He's a big physical wide receiver. That's what they need. They need some depth at that position, too, because you could also say last year, besides the coaching problems, that they they had no help for Sam. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a lot of people coming back. And, and of course, you know, their new quarterback that they drafted. We'll see how that pans out. They, They finally think they got something nice with him. Um, but yeah, the injuries early. they get CJ Mosley back. That's a big thing that people yep. forgot about. He's the best linebacker in, in last year's free agency, uh, free agency class. He opts out cause of COVID and now he's coming back. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see. But I mean, if you 
you hire a defensive minded head coach and then, you know, three of your top free agency signings go down with injury. It kind of, I feel like they're already starting to maybe give this guy, lower the expectations on his, on what was already supposed to be the first year bar for him. I think they had high expectations coming in for this coach. Uh, and that might just be lowered and lowered gradually day by day now that these guys are getting hurt and they're kind of looking at the big picture for the season. Well, listen, I mean, he comes over from San Francisco. Let's not forget the injuries he suffered last season in that, what was it, week two matchup or so against the Jets. Oh, yeah. Life, you know, with Bosa going down. Um, the whole field scale. Colin Thomas, whoever it was, a couple of big-time um, defensive players go down. And let's face it, he did okay. He kept the defense above water uh, after suffering those injuries that early on in the season. So, uh, like I said, I'm not banking on this defense being great. I just want to see this offense. You, br- you brought it up, you know, the, the acquisitions they brought in. Okay, Corey Davis, um, you know, Denzel Mims, I'm intrigued to see what's going on with that because he hasn't been uh, really playing much with with this first team. So I'm curious to see what goes on there, but he's a big physical receiver. And then, um, you know, they brought in Tyler Croft, who looks to have a good rapport with, with uh, Zach Wilson. So that's pretty much our breakdown of the AFC East. Um, where shall we go next? You know what? Let's... Uh... Let's do the AFC North. AFC North? Yeah, uh, let's talk yeah. about one of my favorite divisions to watch. Yeah, this should be a fun one. Why don't you get things kicked off? All right, so, you know, obviously, breaking news. Adam Schefter tweeted probably about three, four minutes ago. I didn't want to interrupt you, but is indeed an ACL tear for, uh, or an Achilles tear, what was it? ACL. One of the, yeah, ACL tear for yeah. J.K. Dobbins, who was wow. one of my favorite fantasy players last year. You know I'm high on those rookie running backs. You get them nice and cheap in the draft, and they have all upside. He was one of my favorites. He's going to be out for the year this year. So Gus Edwards immediately inserted into that starting running back role. Um, They signed Sammy Watkins to a one-year deal. Uh, They make a couple other moves. They they bring uh, they re-sign Derek Wolf, and their defense is already one of the top five in the league. I like this team a lot. A lot of people. The, the, the Baltimore Ravens, like you said, you know, what does it matter going 20-0 and 0 in preseason? I don't know. I kind of think that that sets the tone for the season. You start that many preseasons in a row undefeated. That I think it just shows that the culture of this coaching staff, you know, to go to win that many preseason games, no matter the personnel on the field, and you, and you, and you put up those type of performances in games that, quote-unquote, don't really matter, I like it. I think it shows some pizzazz. Uh, and obviously, these people, this team is going to be the favorite to win the division, for sure. Uh, I don't disagree? know. Are you okay? I mean, dude, this is a tough division, a tough division. Yes. Um, and I think that the front runners to win this division, um, probably yes, but don't discount the the um the Browns or the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know why, but my lights just went out. I saw that. Um, so give me a second, but I think that, yeah, for sure. I think that the, um, the Browns might have something to say with that. And then dude, I'm not going to lie. I think big Ben 
is a lot healthier this season. It scared me watching him a little bit in in the preseason. What was it, week two of the preseason? He he did ball out a little bit. Um, so that gave me um, pause for concern. He says he feels great, healthy. He looks great. He looks like he lost yeah, weight. He did lose some weight. Um, and I think they're going to be a sneaky team as well. Look, the Browns, yes, they, they, they had their great run last season. Baker Mayfield finally maybe showing that maybe he is the guy there. Um, but I'm not still going to be 100% sold on the Browns because it's the Browns. They'll figure a way to, you know, get in their own way. But they have a great young core. That running back uh, group is legit with Nick Chubb um, and, and uh, you know, the like. But th- th- this division, potentially, I would say, is probably maybe even better than the AFC East in, t- in terms of three teams that are going to compete for that top spot. Cause with the East you have, the bills are just a little bit ahead of those other two. This one, um, I still think the Ravens are up there, but given this injury it has to level the playing field just a little bit. Um, and we, it remains to be seen is Lamar going to be that guy in terms of passing because each year that they, that they go into the season with him as their quarterback, it's going to get tougher and tougher to to run this triple option, spread option, RPO type of offense. And each hit he takes, you know, one more hit towards injury. Um, so I'm curious to see there. But again, the Steelers, remember last year, didn't they start the season like 10-0, and 11-0? Yeah. yeah. And then it just absolutely hit a wall and went completely downhill from there. Um, so. Don't discount the Pittsburgh Steelers just yet. Um, I'm not discounting so. the Steelers. Uh, uh, definitely not the Browns. If I had to choose one of those two teams between the Steelers and the Browns to say that they would probably take a little bit of a step backwards in terms of their race for finishing first in that division, I would say it's the Steelers. I would say I know that they've had their problems late last season uh, and they looked so dominant for those first 10 games. Their defense was so stout and their offense was putting up a lot of points. Um, Juju is basically saying that he has unfinished business in Pittsburgh by refusing to make, you know, 70 or $80 million, whatever he was being offered by these other teams to come back and play for one year, 8 million. Um, I like, I like the Steelers. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. It doesn't get any better than watching AFC North football uh, in the prime time. And for the Browns, I don't know if I'm sold on Baker. I know a lot of pe- people have some high expectations for him to just keep improving, and he does improve. But I just I don't know if I'm sold. I just That's don't know. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean – it's going to be it's going to be an interesting division. It's one of those divisions that's like it's kind of the most boring because it's either the Ravens or the Steelers winning the division year in and year out. Um so, you know, it's kind of like eh, I don't like to really talk about them because it's like oh, Steelers and Ravens. I I hate Steelers fans number one. And then um, you know, the Ravens seemingly have had one of the top two or three teams in the AFC over the last couple of years and Surprisingly, that year they went 14 and two. They lost out to the Chiefs and did not make it to the Super Bowl. So it's kind of, it's almost in essence boomer bust with them. Um, so I'm curious to see, yeah, like you said, the addition of Sammy Watkins. I don't think that elevates them too much because, again, Sammy Watkins, another one of those guys, he could, you know, 
hurt his, you know, pull his hamstring running a go route on the first play of the season for, you know, he's one of those guys that just always getting hurt. Uh, had some good years with the chiefs, I guess. Um, but again, he, you know, he brings that, that experience, that super bowl caliber experience, but at the same time, does he really elevate them that much? No. Um, he gives them another threat level. Sure. But I don't think it makes or breaks that team, whether he's out there or not. Um, but for, for a team like, the Steelers, it all, again, like most teams, is going to hinge on Big Ben and whether he can stay healthy and whether um, Najee Harris uh, is going to be another interesting running back. I'm curious to see where he falls in fantasy football drafts. I'm picking at number nine. I wonder maybe he falls to me there. If that's somebody that I want to go out and get, possible. The potential is there. Um, and then the Browns, yes, Baker making that leap. I'm with you. I still don't know if I'm sold on him. I still don't know if I'm sold on that team. They seemingly played better without OBJ. So now that he's back, will things just go to shit once again because he seems to be a cancer um, to any team that he ever plays for, including the New York Giants. That's why they traded him away. So it's very intriguing to see. And then again, you have, we haven't even spoken about them yet, but the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. Well, like, what are they going to do? Yeah, what they, are they going to do? They, they have lacked an offensive line. Yep. So what do they do in the draft? They take uh, wide receivers. Yep, yep. Like, your, your franchise quarterback goes down with this heart-wrenching knee injury week, uh, week or whatever at the one-yard line in his mm -hmm. own end zone. He's getting crushed. The replay, it's so hard to watch, but the fact that he's rehabbed and he's going to be able to play this year. I mean, Joe Burrow is was one of the best college quarterbacks to ever come out in the history of the game. This guy, I think he has all the intangibles. He can win some good games for this team if he has the help around him. Correct. Uh, but yeah, the fact that we haven't even really spoken about them and the, the entirety of this uh, AFC North conversation, they're just an afterthought, really. Maybe they might sneak a couple nice wins in this season, you know. They're I yeah. I, I always compare them to like the Raiders. Like they're they're not going to be amazing, but they're right. gonna they're gonna surprise you and maybe beat like a Saints esque type team in a primetime game, or they're gonna give the Chiefs a run for their money or something. Like I think the the Bengals woke up last year when they they played the Steelers in Cincinnati, and they took it personal when Juju's dance on their logo and they ended their undefeated streak. Correct. That was that was when that team woke up and they showed that they have talent in the secondary, talent at the safety position, and even with the franchise quarterback down with an injury, they can still uh, play a good game. Correct. Um, one thing I will say, it's never a good sign for a franchise, and you know how it's a bad franchise is when your your second year quarterback didn't even play what five games in his first rookie season, is clamoring that you need to draft with your first pick his college teammate in Jamar Chase when you need offensive line help. And what did they do? They listened to Joe Burrow and they drafted Jamar Chase when they already had a pretty decent, like underrated, I would say, wide receiver group um, there in Cincinnati. So I don't know that they necessarily needed Jamar Chase, but I think it was one of those impulse decisions where they wanted to keep their quarterback happy. And so... um not a good move, in my opinion. I think this team will quite easily finish at the bottom of the AFC. All right. Um, that's a good way to wrap up this division. Let's move right along. You want to stick and just keep doing AFC? 
we could we could stay with with the AFC if you want. Um, I can't hear you. I apologize. We can yeah. start right with the uh, AFC West. All right, that's your division. Let's go right into it. Yeah, right into my bread and butter. Yeah. We're gonna start with the AFC West. We're gonna we'll jump right into it. We'll talk about my Broncos. So it just it just got reported last week. Or this week, yes, sorry, that uh, Teddy Bridgewater will be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Uh, they had a pretty uninteresting quarterback battle between two mid-70 ranked Madden quarterbacks for their starting position. Um, they don't really do much. They bring, they have one of the best defenses in the league. They draft Pastor Tan out of Alabama, arguably the best corner uh, comparing he, compared to Champ Bailey. So I like that a lot. He's looked pretty good. His first game, he had a pick six. He looked very interesting. But I'm just, like I said before, and I'll say it again, I just, I don't like the coach. I don't like the coach. He's this old school, like makes his own meatballs in his kitchen, boring (laughs) quarterback, (laughs) a boring coach. And he frustrates me. There, There was at least like four games last year where his clock management skills are like supposed yeah. to be there. I mean, supposed to know when to call these timeouts and he's like taking a nap at, on his sofa. He's like hitting snooze on his phone. It's it was making me upset, but I'm I'm just excited because the team has to be better than what they were last year. And that's the one thing I wanted them to to do besides try and trade for Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or all the quarterbacks that were almost traded this offseason that I fell in love with as you know. Right. I just I wish that they would improve at the quarterback position. Like we we haven't had a legitimate quarterback since Peyton Manning. We've went through like 13 different starting quarterbacks, including last year's game against the Saints, where we started uh, a wide receiver at quarterback. Yes, that's it's, true. It's just uh, it's been the knock against John Elway this entire time that you know he he you draft him Tebow and you you get Peyton and everything seems to be golden for a couple of years and then once he leaves you have a big void. And nobody there to fill it. And it, everybody that you thought was going to move into the spot has just crashed and burned. So we'll see what Teddy does. He's competent. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's very accurate. Um, they have so many weapons on offense. They have Cortland Sutton coming back from injury. Uh, Jerry Judy's expected to take a big leap this year. K.J. Hamler is one of those sneaky, fast guys that can go right down the seam. He had a good connection with, with Drew Locke, who I was mm-hmm. hoping would win the battle. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they draft some nice running backs. They let Philip Lindsay walk, which I'm okay with. He wasn't he wasn't that big of a stud. They still have Melvin Gordon. Noah Fan's um, going to be a breakout star this year at the tight end position. Albert O is coming back from injury. And they have a, a better offensive line compared to the rest of the, the uh, of the league. So I like them to win maybe eight games this year. Yeah, um, eight games, That that's a fair assessment. I, I think that... They have a very underrated uh, wide receiver group there, and I think they potentially have one of the best secondaries in in the league as well. Um, so they're they're going to be a tough out, no no doubt. Um, so I'm curious. I just I I don't understand necessarily. Um, I don't know if they thought maybe or if Elway thought maybe he had more of an inside track on one of these quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers or, or Deshaun Watson, even that they went with Sertan with that first pick instead of going a Justin Fields type route. Um, yeah, it doesn't really so, make sense. Cause if you're, if you trade for Teddy, you're basically, and you draft Pat Sertan, you're basically saying like, we could have taken fields, but yeah. we didn't want to. 
because uh, we didn't want to invest in that type of direction for the team. And, right. and I guess in the back of their minds, they thought that those quarterback options trading for were a possibility at the time. I know it was reported that like Elway golfed with Rodgers a couple times mm-hmm. before he voiced his frustration with the Packers and opted to, uh, you know, protest the season or whatever. You sit out, whatever he's going to yeah. do, Jeopardy. Um, but yeah, it looked like they had options. And then, you know, slowly and surely the bridge narrowed to a one lane. And they were stuck with either Teddy or Drew. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, all right. So, obviously, the leaders at the top of this division, no doubt, are going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I actually locked in. I had a free $100 bet on the uh, Barstool Sportsbook app, which just went live in New Jersey this past week or so. And I threw that $100 free Super Bowl bet on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I hit correctly last year on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. That was a nice, like, almost $800 payout. So I'm hoping to strike gold again with the Chiefs, and obviously they're the favorites to win, and it's not like it's some crazy, crazy pick. But um, I just think that, uh, look, we, we, we saw this way back when, when your Broncos um, went to the Super Bowl two years in a row, right? The first year, they got absolutely slaughtered by a legitimate defense. Then they realized, okay, these are the changes we have to make going into the offseason. They correct them, and they go back, and they get it done, and they win themselves a Super Bowl. This is what I, uh, in essence, believe the Chiefs have done. They went to the Super Bowl. They thought they had enough to get it done. Offensively, yes, but they, did, they didn't count for the Bucks. Uh, front seven and that vaunted defense, which really gave Mahomes and company some fits. So what did they do? They went out, they bolstered the offensive line, and I think they're going to give Mahomes some more time. They they bolstered that defense just enough that I think they are going to have zero problem just skating their way through the AFC. I mean, honestly, there's a bet out there. I want to say it is on... DraftKings, it's like an odds boost or something for the Chiefs to go 5-0, and so to win their first five straight games, which I think is a legitimate possibility. I think that this is one of those teams, every year or so, there's that one or two teams that are like 9-0 and or can go 10-0, and and then the, the rumors start just to, to creep up. Are, are they going to go undefeated? Are they going to make a run like with the Steelers last year? I legitimately think that the Chiefs can get to that point. But again, whether that that comes to fruition or not, we don't know. But I just believe they are that good. I believe that, honestly, we could we could legitimately have a, a repeat of last year's Super Bowl. Um, I think the Packers, this is their last and final year to, 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 to get it done and to make a push. So I think that they could, could leapfrog the the Bucks possibly, but I, I legitimately think that this could be a repeat of last year's Super Bowl uh, with the Chiefs winning it this time around. And that would be a great Super Bowl. It would I, I agree with you too. I think so. Yeah. The, the only thing I have against the Kansas City Chiefs is that their quarterback puts ketchup on his steak. That's it. Yes. Other yeah. than that, they have one of the one of the best coaches that I've ever seen in a while. He's he's so fun around that team. His wardrobe is insane. His love for cheeseburgers is is it's amazing. 
I mean, in a time where yeah. uh, the, the country's kind of taken like a big health kick because of COVID and everybody's right. eating healthy. Andy Reid has doubled down on the cheeseburgers. I respect that. Yeah. But I, I like the Chiefs. I have a best friend who's a big time Chiefs fan. And uh, when they won the Super Bowl, I put a big bet on them. I hit. I bought him a little a little Chiefs championship towel. Even though I'm a Broncos fan, I've, I've learned within the last couple of years to respect them. And I root for them. I especially root for Mahomes because at least weekly I have a prop bet in his favor. So I'm always rooting for him to nice. throw over two and a half touchdowns every week. I do that yeah. with Rodgers too. And I'll probably do it with Josh Allen this year for a rushing touchdown every week too. And just those are my prop bets that I do. Just a little FYI. But I love what this team's done. You're right. Perfect um, comparison with what the Broncos did. Uh, getting completely shut out in the first Super Bowl. And then coming back and bolstering that defense to being one of the best of all time. Most, one of the most recognizable defenses. The Chiefs basically have fixed their offensive line. They bring in some big studs. They toss out a lot of cash to protect Mahomes after paying him all the money that he was owed. And uh, and I, I like the improvements that they've made. And, of course, they're probably going to win the Super Bowl this year unless Tom Brady can reset the clock again with his avocado toast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing we, we discount, too, that we don't really take into account is – Let's not forget um, Andy Reid's son, who was part of his coaching staff last year, was involved in, in that accident where he basically killed that little girl. Oh, yeah. um, and that was leading right up to the Super Bowl. So you, you you have to imagine that his head and his heart were in a different place um, as much as he might say differently that he was all in on, on the Super Bowl. But you, you've got to admit that that probably took a little bit of a toll and his mind wasn't fully engaged in that game. So going at it again this year, I don't think he's going to make that same mistake. And I don't think that they will let this one slip away from them. Um, and I think he does solidify himself as one of the greatest coaches of all time. And that then leaves us with the the um the other two teams in this division You've yeah the LA Chargers Chargers Raiders and the Vegas Raiders now Vegas I apologize see. playing in their new stadium a few weeks back in one of the preseason games I think they actually had a snafu with um the concession uh credit card readers that is a cashless building I heard and none of the credit card machines were working so they had to resort to the only viable option giving away food for free. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, that actually <laughs> happened. So hopefully they get those kinks out of the way. But I hear it's a ridiculously beautiful stadium. I would love to to head out to Vegas and to watch a game. But I believe you do, in fact, have to be vaccinated to to get in that building, um, if uh, I'm correct. But anyway, uh, the, the Raiders, look, Gruden is still working uh, on on getting this team back to where they need to be. Derek Carr has seen a little bit of a rebirth. I think he had a very nice season. Um, the one thing I will say, which I was reading earlier this week that that made me step back and go, did I really, is this real? I don't know if you saw this, but there is a rumor out there that the, the Raiders are totally denying it, but there is a rumor that they actually called the Chicago Bears this offseason and asked them if there was any way they could make a trade to get Khalil Mack back from the Chicago Bears. No way. I, I didn't hear that. I kid you not. I saw this report and I my jaw just dropped. I was like, this has to be the most asinine thing ever if this is real. 
That's that's you can't let something like that walk out the door and then you start begging right. for it back. That's like the Texans begging to get JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins back after exactly. they basically just sell the house to get rid of them. Exactly. So if that is true, then I don't know that there's much hope for for this front office and for this team to succeed because that is just that that's admitting that the man that is running this organization and John Gruden basically screwed up and is like, oh, please, can we, we can we get him back? We, we, we want him back. We're sorry. So that is that is a scary um, thing to see when that comes about. I don't again, I don't know how true it is, but I don't think they'd write it if they're if it was just a rumor. It had to leak from somewhere inside that building. So that's an interesting one. Um, and then again, it's, it's the Raiders. I mean, we saw, they almost, they almost lost the game against the, the what? Owen 12, Owen 13 jets at the time last year. And then if it wasn't for Greg Williams, basically saying, I want out of this place, fire me now and just blitz <laughs> in the house to give them a Hail Mary win at the last second, probably the worst moment in my life as a Jets fan. I'm not even going to lie. It wasn't the AFC championship losses. It was that game thinking, okay, even though we didn't really want to win the game, I was still rooting for them to win the game. And then to just see them go blitz and leave one-on-one -on -one coverage with literally a top three or four uh, fastest players in the league and just yeah. burn to the house, it was disgusting. And that's the moment I knew that the Jets were done and, and Gase had to go and they had to sell the house. But So with the Raiders, again, much like the Broncos, I think they could win between eight and nine, maybe 10 games, maybe surprise a couple people, you know, surprise us. Um, but I think they're definitely ahead of where the Chargers sit right now. Uh, I will be the first to admit that Justin Herbert um, is pretty legit. I was so not in on him coming out of Oregon. And I guess I didn't watch enough tape or something because they just severely misused him. They did not throw. I didn't know he was this good with the deep ball. Um, but that's another one of those teams that much like not even like the Browns because the Browns are better than that now of late, but they're one of those like middle of the pack teams that they can put up points, but they seem to be in shootouts and then they, they completely shoot themselves in the foot or they'll be driving late and then they get a strip sack fumble and they lose the game. Just, it seems like nothing can go right for them. They, they fired Anthony Lynn. They brought in this guy now from what the Rams, this defensive-minded guy or whatever from yeah, the Rams. Brandon Staley. Yeah, Brandon Staley. So I'm really not too sure about him, um, really in the grand scheme of things. But if I had to put my finger on it, I'd say that the Chargers and the Broncos probably going to be competing for that third and fourth spot in the division. Um, and I, I, I'm not sold on the Chargers. I really see them coming in last in this division, surprisingly. Yeah, I think I think uh, the Chargers are making a good case with the first-year head coach to finish last in the AFC West. Um, I mean, the Raiders are, are one of those teams. When you have a guy on your team like John Gruden as your head coach, who's that amplified with his personality, and he's so in your face, and he's and he's fist pumping and dropping f bombs, and it's just if if you're like a good lip reader, it's a fun team to watch. But I, they just disappoint. They play up to their competition, but they also play down to their competition. I do think that, like you said, the new stadium is going to work in their favor. I can't wait to see some of those crowds that they get at that stadium. It, that thing is totally beautiful. Um, but And then on the flip side, you got the, the Chargers who are playing in, in another team's own stadium. They're flipping yeah. it around. And it's 
you know, it's I feel like their fan base is so is so for lack of a better well, word, path- pathetic. Not existent, yeah. It's so pathetic. Yep. They're not they don't really have any fans. And it's and it sucks to see like all the all those games from like 2005 to 2015 where the Broncos were basically running away with the division every year. Um, The players always said like when they played away in L.A. against the um, San Diego Chargers, it was like a home game for them. They had like 65 percent of the fans are Bronco fans or when the Chiefs went, they're Chiefs fans like they had no fans going going to the stadium. So hope they're looking to turn it around. And their young quarterback, Justin Herbert, is a stud. I like the way that. Uh, he he plays the game. He's a good feel for it, and he he shows that he has wisdom. I think beyond his years, which is the most Im- impressive thing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, so we're pretty much in agreement on this division as well. Um, let's slide things over, and I think we're on our last AFC division, the AFC South. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my battery's running low, so I gotta hop up and grab my charger. So if you want to get things, get the ball rolling on the AFC South, be my guest. All right. I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, the Texans, so we'll just flip back to there. Uh, one of the teams that, if you look, they're basically selling the house. What they did last year is showing you that they don't want any type of recent success. They don't want to win. When you trade away your two best players on offense and on defense in DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt, you're basically saying, out with the old, in with the new. They bring in a couple nice free agent running backs. They bring in Mark Ingram, who most of you know, former Heisman winner from Alabama. He signs a one-year deal. They bring in Philip Lindsay. They bring in a couple odd pieces on offense. Um, but no crazy improvements. I think the damage that Bill Bryan did for this team was just so severe that it's it's going to take them a while to adjust everything and get back on track. Um, and that's it. I mean, other than the fact that they're about to trade their best player on the team again for a, a second or third year in a row with the Deshaun Watson news coming out that Miami's willing to give up you know, two first round picks, but the Texans want three Uh, just goes to show that they're not committed to winning and they're not going to be committed to winning until they get a first overall pick and they change things around. So they're probably the favorite to finish last in the division. And I honestly think that they're probably favorite to finish last in the NFL along with Jacksonville, who is also in their division. So I guess it's a two way tie for last in the league and last in the division, which we'll jump right into uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. First overall pick, they go quarterback, obviously. All right. The team has been mediocre for a while now. They put a wide receiver at running back, and they have success because that's how desperate they are with their lack of depth. But they don't have to worry about that anymore. They bring in Carlos Hyde. Everybody knows Carlos Hyde. He's a journeyman at the running back position. He's been in the league, bounced around on a couple good teams. I think he's most recently played for the. Everybody saw him on the Chiefs. I'm not sure if he. I, I forget if any he played for anybody else last year. He might have been traded, but. Um. Yeah, so they're looking to improve to maybe win three games this year. Is uh. Is what it is. Trevor Lawrence has, I think, everything that you're looking for. When you want to take a quarterback with the first overall pick. The one name that everybody compared him to coming out of the draft, John Elway. Everybody's saying he's like John Elway. He's a gunslinger. He's big. He is a big kid. 
He's physical. You saw it last week in a preseason game where to basically go for a first down, he had to lower his shoulder and turn his back and lean backwards over the first down yard marker, but he's in bounds. And he takes a hit at the knee, and he takes a hit at the shoulder, and he basically gets pancaked right to the ground. And everybody just gasped. So his play style, you got to change a couple things. If you're the first overall pick in the draft and a franchise is putting all their chips on you, you got to keep your play style to be a little bit more conservative. But they're one of those teams. They're actually playing right now in a preseason game, and they're winning. It's, it's 17-7. to They're beating the Cowboys. So we'll see. We'll see what the Jaguars do with their improvements. But like I said, when your offseason consists of bringing in Tim Tebow to try and play tight end for your football team, and he hasn't played an NFL game in like eight years, nine years, whatever the hell it is, it's a joke. It's a joke. And they cut him. That that viral video, I'm not sure if everybody else saw this. There was a clip. There were two clips, actually. There's a clip that Tim Tebow runs right up the seam and cuts inside. And he's wide open. Nobody's guarding him. He's wide open. So the quarterback throws him the ball. I think it was C.J. Beathard. He throws the ball to Tim Tebow. And it was a little bit of a delayed reaction to Tebow. He didn't go to the ball. He was already in a good position where he didn't really need to move. And his teammate runs in front of him and catches the ball. And he's and it is literally within like two feet of his body. Is it's right in front of him. His teammate catches the ball instead of him. And then the other clip that went viral is uh, he goes on a blocking fiasco at the line. It's so pathetic to see him get off a three point stance and try and block for a run play. And the guy literally blows right right by, right past Tebow and and tackles the running back in the backfield for a loss. It it's pathetic. So they obviously have a lot of improvements to make. Um, Not a lot of expectations. And like I said, when you have two of the worst teams in the NFL in the same division with the Texans and the Jaguars, not only are they fighting to finish not last in their division, but they're they're fighting to not finish last in the league. Correct. And and then that brings us to the Titans, who are one of my favorite teams to watch. And uh, they're going to continue to be because they traded for Julio Jones this offseason. And I like that move a lot. I like that move so much so that I'm probably going to take Derrick Henry at number three in our fantasy league again this year, Anthony. And when you hear that, you're not going to be surprised. But I will probably reach for Derrick Henry yet again. Give me another tall glass of that man because he almost won me a championship single-handedly last year with all the yardage and the touchdowns that he scored. And now they have a top 10 wide receiver to put on the outside and take the pressure off his focus of run game. I love it. I love it. Ryan Tannehill, I can't say enough good things about him. He does everything that you want to happen. He reminds me a lot of Alex Smith, except he's a little bit more physical and he's not as scared to run the ball as well. He's a game manager. He makes accurate throws and he knows the offense so well. There's a few quarterbacks in this league besides Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, and maybe Russell Wilson. And now you could say Drew Brees, but there's a few quarterbacks in this league that if your team is down and you need a score with a minute left, one of those quarterbacks that you can now think of and say that you want on your team is Ryan Tannehill. He makes plays. Yeah. He, op- he operates in an offensive system that benefits him and his team so much. It's just, it's a great fit. It's a great, great fit. 
Um, I love the coaching on this team. Uh, I love the competitive nature. I love everything about them. They're also one of my one of my favorite teams to bet on. They're kind of a sleeper bet team too, because they've just reemerged within the last two years to be such a good playoff team. Um, and obviously, probably my favorite and everybody else's favorite to win the division. So uh, we'll wrap up the AFC South. Actually, no, we, we still have to get to the Colts. I didn't talk about the Colts yet. Yeah, we do. So we'll get with the Colts. Um, they made a big offseason uh, trade. with They traded with the Philadelphia Eagles for Carson Wentz. They gave up uh, a little bit. Not bad. They gave up a third-round pick and a uh, potential second-round pick in 2022. But they basically went to the playoffs with Phillip Rivers as a plug-and-play quarterback. They get to the playoffs they lose so kind of kind of sad but you know when you got to go through good teams in the AFC that's what happens um they bring in some nice pieces they bring in Eric Fisher on a one-year deal for 10 mil they re-signed T.Y. Hilton who I thought was kind of like out the door he kind of reminds me of like you know he's been in the league for a while I remember playing fantasy a, a long time ago and he was still in the league then He's still doing it now on a one-year, $10 million deal. He's almost like an Emmanuel Sanders-esque type receiver. Um, and then they re-sign Marlon Mack, who gives them a lot of running back depth uh, behind Jonathan Taylor, who looks to be one of the better running backs in the league. Top 10 fantasy back for everybody who's doing fantasy this year. I like him a lot. Um, yeah, Colts probably going to give the Titans a run for their money, but with the uncertainty around the quarterback position, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, w- I would not feel comfort- comfortable betting on them um, in any capacity, whether it be prop bet, um, spread, or futures for, for people who like to invest money and maybe have it pay off at the end of the year. Um, it, I guess I guess you could say a future of uh, unders for, for wins is the only thing that maybe I would recommend because you just don't know. I mean, they could go out week one and win and uh, go on a nice spree and, you know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. But I still like the Titans to win the division. And uh, let's see. <laughs> I, I, I wish you guys could see what I'm seeing right now. I see uh, Pody crawling in and out of. No, I'm fine. Uh, give places. me a sec. My battery's just running low. I'm trying to wire up this freaking uh, thing to get my to get my battery going. But uh, I have faith that you covered the AFC South um, and did a good enough job with that. So. Um, yeah, I heard your bit about Derrick Henry. You screwed me so badly last year with that. Had one I ahead of me. I got stuck with Michael Thomas, and my season was uh, over from there. So, yeah, yeah, well, that was not fun. Yeah, our league is uh, one of the better fantasy football leagues that I've ever been a part of. It's a lot of um, friendly animosity towards one another. It's a lot of uh, daily banter. You know, if you don't check the group chat before before three o'clock and you get off work and you look, you'll see 85 messages that you have to catch up on. And uh, some of them could be trades. Some of them could be smack talk. But that's the best part of it. It is. So that, that kind of wraps up the AFC South kind of went not not too in depth, but um, who my favorites are and stuff like that. Um, and then we'll we'll switch it on down. Let's get right into uh, the NFC East. Oh, God, the NFC least. Then I was just about to say, or should I say the NFC least? This division is uh, my favorite to watch because it makes me laugh the most. I am a uh, full-time Giants hater, I guess you could say. 
is that I've just, you know, when you're surrounded by hyenas your entire life, you can't help but laugh back at them when they are not good. Uh, I, the division, I the division has been sloppy for the last few years. Um, it's a one-legged race for the last couple to just see who comes out on top. Um, and then you have something like, you know, the guy, the, the team that wins the division not only has a tie in the record, but they have like eight wins. It's weird. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it reminds you of when Seattle won the division at seven to nine, you know, like a decade ago. Uh, it's, we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys, I guess, because their uh, Campbell's Chunky Soup commercial injured quarterback is finally coming back after signing a four-year deal. He had that horrible, horrible uh, high ankle sprain injury last year where basically his his foot is like, I'm not going to go into detail. You guys all know what happened, but it was a gruesome injury. Um, but I guess he rehabbed to the point where Jerry Jones thought fit to give him $160 million this offseason for four years. I don't trust it. Uh, I don't trust it either. Um, and I think that they should have, you know, just given him a tag and let him prove himself again. You know, why lock him up for four years when you can just give him a tag and see how, how he comes back. Um, but, you know, they still got some nice pieces on offense. Uh, they lose uh, Jason Garrett, as everybody knows. And they're going to be back with um, Coach McCarthy for their second year. And out of all the head coaches in the NFL, besides, you know, the ones returning from last year, you know, Vic Fangio and Mike McCarthy, two coaches, veteran experience, older guys that are automatically, before the week one even starts, they're in the hot seat. Mike McCarthy had so much criticism around his coaching style last year and which a season that was already supposed to be down the gutter anyway, when you lose Dak Prescott. Um, but yeah, one of those teams that I just, I'm not sure how good Dallas is going to be this year. They're going to be as good as Dak takes them. That's it. That's 100%. it. If, if Dak comes out and he's balling, if he is legitimately balling, you're seeing CD lamb with five touchdowns in the first three weeks. Their offense looks completely dominant. Zeke is back to being Zeke. Their offensive line is bulldozing people like they were a couple years ago. And, and Dak is kind of just, you know, lighting it up. He's so athletic, and he, he can make these crazy down-the-sideline passes. It's one of the, my favorite things that I watch about him. He, he scrolls right, he, scro he scrolls out left, and he throws these super accurate down-the-sideline, thread-the-needle passes to his, to his wide receivers. It's one of my favorite plays that he makes. But And then they go out and, and on defense, and they sign Malik Hooker, and uh, they bring in some nice pieces. You still got your your stud linebackers all coming back. It's it's going to be interesting. I would say they have probably the best offense in the division in the uh, NFC East. They probably have the best. Offense. They do. Um, I'm still. It's funny because you look at a team like Washington with that stud defense. Um, I honestly think that Washington is going to contend for this division title just because. Um, of that defense and the fact that it is the NFC East and all hell usually breaks loose when it comes to that division. And now that they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, is he is he their starter? I, I mean, is that what they're going with? I, I would imagine that Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting for the Redskins. I, I, uh, oh, Washington, uh, Washington uh, Redskins. No, I'm just kidding. The football yeah. team. Uh, Fitzmagic. 
showed he's one of those guys that he his whole career is a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. He goes up, his stock improves, he signs with the team, he starts sucking. Then he brings that team back at the end of the year, his stock goes up, re-signs with another team, starts sucking. He goes up and down, up and down, up and down. I think he's presumed to be the uh, uh, week one starter. They haven't committed yet. Okay. Ron Rivera is very picky. Yeah. And he's a very uh, close, quiet uh, individual. He's He voices his opinion rarely. I'm actually um, – I'm just looking this up because Jags and Cowboys are playing right now. Trevor Lawrence with a nice bounce-back game. He did not look good in their second preseason game, but he's 11 of 12 for 139 yards and two touchdowns. I know it's still the final preseason game, but that's the one – question mark with this Dallas Cowboys team is that secondary is that defense can they step it up and then I'm a little bit shocked that they elected not to play Dak Prescott in this preseason game he hasn't seen game action in over a year he's going to be rusty it's only natural I'm surprised by this because if you saw the Tampa Bay Bucks they played what yesterday or or the other day recently and Tom Brady played in this game and Tom Brady is an old man. And the fact that he is getting in that final tune up game of the preseason and Dak Prescott is not is very glaring to me because guess what? Week one of the NFL season, who's playing? You've got the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that is going to be a slaughter fest because Dak Prescott has not played in a single game since he went down with that injury and practice, whether it's joint or not with these other teams, it's not going to be the same. So that's a game that I am 100% going to be betting on with the Bucs sitting comfortably right now at seven and a half point favorites. I think they could win that by 10 easily. Um, That's one of my, my locks for, for week one. Um, But, yeah, I'm just I think it's very odd that the Cowboys are electing to play this very cautiously with Dak. Um so it's surprising. I still think that they are going to contend quite nicely for that division title. They could they could potentially, don't get me wrong, they very well could potentially run away with it. They have a stud um offense. They have Zeke, they have Dak. They, they of course the the three wide receivers are are just ridiculous. Um but Again, it's going to be interesting to see how they jump out of the gate because they don't have a, I mean, cake schedule. They play Tampa Bay, the Chargers, Philly, Carolina, and then the Giants to start off. Um, so if they get off to a slow start against Tampa Bay, they could easily lose that game. It's a West Coast game at L.A. against the Chargers. You never know there. Um, and then if you trickle things down, like I said, Washington, I love that defense. Last year it was the quarterback play. So like that's what it was. And yet they still they still went out there. They still dominated with that defense solely. And, you know, we saw what it was. They even gave Brady some fits in, in that playoff game that got a little scary at times um, before they ran away with it. But that defense, if they just get some stable quarterback play from Fitzpatrick. If he if he is just Fitz magic for 75% of the time, this team could be could 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 make some noise in the division. Um and then you just have the Giants and the Eagles. I'll put the Giants at 3, Eagles at 4. The Eagles are a dumpster fire. Um 
an absolute dumpster fire. I don't even know, have they announced that Jalen Hurts is starting yet? I don't even know if they've announced it yet. Um, I don't think so. Why would they when Joe Flacco's playing this good? And they just uh, yeah. trade for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, they just what traded What the for hell Minshew. is Philly doing? Uh, they have no clue what they're doing. Uh, Nick Sirianni, I believe, is their new head coach. It, it's not looking good there. Uh, they, it, It's crazy. Uh, I don't know that he's sold on Jalen Hurts, but I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. He played in a handful of games last year. He was up and down. Um, this new wrinkle of bringing in Gardner Minshew, I think, is going to lose the locker room. Because I think the locker room wanted to go into the season. They wanted to ride uh, Jalen Hurts, and they wanted to be like, okay, let's go. This is the NFC least. We have just as good a chance of winning as any of these other teams. And now they bring in the wrinkle of Gardner Minshew. So does this mean that Minshew is now going to start? Does this mean the pressure's on Jalen Hurts? I mean, this none of this is good. This reminds me of almost like when the Jets brought in Tim Tebow when when Mark Sanchez was your starter and then everybody was clamoring for Tebow and they didn't even use him. Um, so I, I I just honestly, Philly is in for a rude awakening. They could potentially have one of the worst records in the NFL and have a top five pick in next year's draft. I that that's I'm not mixing bones about it. And I I severely uh, dislike the New York Giants, and I actually think the Giants are going to be astronomically better than the Philadelphia Eagles. And when I say astronomically, a couple wins here and there, two wins would be uh, a big leap ahead of that. But yeah, the Eagles, of all teams in the NFL right now, they are confusing me the most. I think the one bright spot is that they picked Devonta Smith in the draft. So at least it gives the fans one thing to kind of rally around, which is, okay, we have a legitimate wide receiver. That is um, He may be a string bean, but he's a fast string bean. Mm-hmm. And he can catch the ball really well. He has some of the best hands that they've ever seen coming out of the draft. Um, and he's a stud, absolute stud. So it does, I think that, you know, you'll win a couple games. You get this guy the ball. They have a, they, they have a nice offensive line. Uh, they were ramped with injuries last year all over the front the uh, the front offensive line the front seven of the defense as well they bring in a couple nice pieces on defense they they bring Ryan Kerrigan in uh they bolster their um linebacker core but i mean yeah right now the one thing that you don't want to have to worry about going into the season is who your starting quarterback is going to be and they have yet to make any type of uh, in, inclination yeah. to the fan base or or the world who they're going to even put back there. I would assume week one, if I was a betting person, I'm sure you can you can go on DraftKings right now and you can bet who the first who will take the first snap of each team is going to be. Right. Um, I would imagine Joe Flacco is the favorite. He's looked good in preseason, but you don't know what what Philly's thinking. Like, are they going to really commit? Everything. Oh, I'll what I'll say about I'll I'll say this and just to put a nice bow on it and wrap this thing up for the NFC East. But uh, I do believe that they are going to go with Jalen Hurts in Week One. I think he has a very short leash. I think that they want to get Gardner Minshew in there, um, but I think they they need to see. This is this is where it's problematic because Jalen Hurts was dra- was brought in last year. Okay, this is a new coach, a new regime, so it- it's totally different. He has no 
allegiance or loyalty to Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts is probably going to start week one, and I think it's a little too early. Gardner Minshew is going to have to learn this playbook on the fly. Um, so I think worst case, they'd go to Flacco two and Minshew three for now. I think Minshew will become will be elevated to the two. And I like I said, I don't think it will be very long if they start 0-2, 0-3, even 0-4. I think that Philly is going to start clamoring, man. It's Minshew mania time. They're going to want the stash in full force. And, you know, he's fun to watch. Sixth round pick out of Washington State. You know, he's not too flashy. He's kind of gives you that fits magic vibe once in a while he can go out there and, and and sort of in bursts be really good and you could you could like your eyes open and be and you're like whoa who is this guy that just came onto the field that the fans love him he's slinging the ball around there you know he's going to be the guy that dives for those first downs and doesn't care about taking hits so he's gonna he's gonna elevate the you know the fan base and, and he's gonna bring uh renewed energy and livelihood to this to this team but at the same time, this puts, again, a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. So I think way too much pressure, way too much. Like there already wasn't enough anyway last year right. with what they did with him. Correct. So I, I think this just, it, it, this is going to be a dumpster fire. It, it, it is what it is. Um, so I, I have the Eagles at the bottom of this division. I have the Giants at three, and then I have Washington and Dallas at two and one. I'll keep Dallas at one for now since they got Dak back. Um, look, the Giants are not going to be good. Okay, they're fighting in practices with each other. Um, you know, Joe Judge is making them run. He's like Tom Coughlin 2.0. He, he's like a military sergeant, okay? He makes them run wind sprints. Uh, I don't know why they're fighting. Granted, they got Saquon back. They're probably going to ease him back the first couple weeks. He'll be fine. So that's a little bit of an upgrade there. So, but again... Pressure's all on Daniel Jones. He doesn't look to be the guy of the future. So he he's playing in a big-time market in, in, in uh, New York. And if the guy across the street and Zach Wilson starts balling out, there's going to be a lot of question um, that this front office group is going to have to answer. And they're, they're more than likely uh, going to be gone at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I think the Giants are sad. It's uh, the fact that what Gettleman has done with these drafts and what he has built with this team. I like, honestly, I like Joe Judge. I like the fact that he's not afraid to speak his mind and voice his opinion on basically anything that's going on in practice. And he has probably the smallest filter in the league when it comes to a head coach. Maybe him and Gruden could battle it out. But I'm telling you, the way that he makes his team run sprints when they when they're fighting in practice and brawling and Daniel Jones and you know is at the bottom of it and everything it's just embarrassing I haven't heard one good headline come from this training camp or and this preseason so far from the Giants and um I love it because I'm going week one to the game and they're playing the Broncos yes they are and uh I can't wait I there's a uh, face, Facebook group already for tailgating with Bronco fans I'm gonna be doing that I'm gonna drag our friends too and Hopefully they meet some nice people because Bronco fans are nice people. <laughs> um, and hopefully we go in there and we win 35 to three against the Giants. And Daniel Jones gets sacked four times and fumbles and throws a pick six to pass their tan. And um, yeah, and the Giant fans actually realize that it's the same old, same old, and they're not going to improve this year. Yeah, they're they're not. Um, and that's actually that's another uh, good matchup in Week One that I'm intrigued by. 
Um, it's probably one of those games you want to stay away from, but I so badly want to jump on the Broncos bandwagon because I do think that um, that defense comes out and really lights up Daniel Jones. I think so too. I think that's going to be the start of the uh, giant downfall in week one where Daniel Jones is going to get booed and the Giants are going to get laughed out of the stadium. Yeah. So uh, they're actually part of my 16. I have a way too early oh, DraftKings DraftKings released the spreads for week one, like uh, like two months ago or something like that. Back in May, at the end of okay. May. And uh, Broncos minus one and a half. I have them in one of my six leg parlay along with the Buccaneers, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. But I have them at minus six and a half. They only went up nice. a point since then. So, OK. Yeah, two, two, two good ones for sure. Um, I'll be looking at all of them myself. Um, all right, so the NFC least, that wraps things up there. Um, why don't we swing things over and talk NFC North? NFC North. All right, so the NFC North is intriguing because obviously all offseason, we had the headlines that revolved around none other than, shocker, the Green Bay Packers and their star quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Was he going to retire? Was he going to leave to host Jeopardy? You name it, the rumors were out there. And in the probably 11th hour, oh my God, they got a deal done and they brought him back. And it seems like this will be his final season. Who the hell knows? Um, But it is a negotiation year for Devontae Adams. Um, So he's playing for basically... Uh, a big contract. He's a stud there, Aaron Jones. We all know how that offense is. And what I what I find so interesting is the fact that everyone's talking about like blowing this team up and like Rodgers wants out. They were within a play of going to a Super Bowl. If it were not for their head coach, okay, electing to not go for it on fourth down and kick that field goal, I mean, that to me was the most asinine play of the entire season. Nothing they did before that or leading up to that, the entire season mattered. It was that play. And maybe that one play alone is what caused Aaron Rodgers to want out in the first place. Um, But I think he's just one of those prima donna types. He wants the attention surrounding him. He wants it all on him. And he wants it to be known when he's not happy about something and he throws a bit of a tantrum. But he's back. Um, there's no reason they shouldn't walk away with that division title. No reason at all. Um, Minnesota, yes, they'll they'll be around. Um, Detroit is going to be worse. They obviously traded Jared Goff uh, for Jared Goff. Um, they traded Matthew Stafford to the Rams, and now they have Jared Goff. They're, they're going to be basically hovering around a 500 team. And um, then there's Chicago, who is just probably going to finish last in this division as they roll into the season with none other than Andy Dalton at quarterback. That won't last, in my opinion, more than two to three weeks. Probably he's not looked good in the preseason. And um, overall, it's sad because they have a very good defense and the defense will keep them in some of these games. But ultimately, it's going to be the quarterback play that 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 drives them out of these games. So it's 100% the Packers um, division. The Packers probably uh, 
will contend for that number one seed in the NFC again. I could see them winning between 12 and 13 games as they did last year. So I really, there's not much to say when it comes to the NFC North. It's it's the Packers. It's one of those divisions. It's going to be the Packers and the Vikings fighting for one of those wild card spots. And then everybody else after that is a forethought. Yeah, the, the Packers were one of those teams last year that they had everything going right for them. They looked like the Super Bowl favorites. They had such, such good play from Aaron Rodgers that he's so good that he won MVP. Like he put up insane numbers. The team was so good. And even with that young offensive minded head coach in LaFleur, like it, they looked like they were going to go all the way. And then when you have the season end like that, I, I almost feel bad for Rodgers. I don't because he has everything that you would ever want. Um, but I think what he did was right. It's just, a couple of years too late. He could have done this and voiced his opinion and frustration with, with the organization four years ago, five years ago, and started saying, like, listen, like, you need to start marketing this team like winning a Super Bowl is the expectation, like the realistic expectation every year, every yeah. year. When you give me the ball and it doesn't matter what time in the fourth quarter, if we're down, we're up, we you know, I can get us a win. And he should have been the front poster child for that franchise to recruit better talent like Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay with the last two years. You know, I want Gronk. Okay, we get Gronk. I want AB. Okay, you get AB. I want a good defense. Okay, I want, okay. I want you to draft a lineman in the first round and protect my 40-whatever-year-old ass. Okay, you got it, Mr. Brady. Yes, sir. Like, Rodgers could have done this so long ago, and he didn't. And now when he realized that he has that power as a top three, top two quarterback in the NFL, it's too late. It's too late. The only thing he can negotiate is that he ensures his free agency next year, and that's it. That's the only thing. And get Randall Cobb back. Yeah. That's it. Like Other than that, you know, maybe Aaron Jones, okay, maybe he was part of um, keeping him with a four, new four-year deal. Um, but, yeah, it's it's so late. He said in his presser, I don't know if you, said, if you saw this, but he started naming off some of the great Packers within the last 10 years, like um, – uh, Clay Matthews and all these other studs, oh, yeah. That, yeah. staples of the organization that he disagreed with how they handled them leaving or being traded or going other, you know, and that's stuff that you should have said so long ago, Aaron, that would have made a difference. I feel like they could have kept some pieces, but they also have maintained some other good, like Zadarius Smith. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He's an absolute beast off that edge. Yeah. I think the biggest story I mean, the Rodgers story is huge this offseason, right? But I think the, the biggest story has been Justin Fields mm-hmm. going to Chicago at number 10. They they shocked the entire draft with that pick, and it looks like it's going to pay off. The kid, I don't know if you saw his touchdown pass yesterday. Yep. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. He he looks like he is on top of it. And, it, and I think for once, Matt Nagy feels like he actually has a job. Hmm. Because when you deal with Trubisky – and then Nick Foles and the whole carousel of crap they deal with. Foles is still there. I know. I know. What is it's going on. I, they don't want to get rid of him. I don't the know. That should trade for him. Honestly, they They're need more a in love with him than, than Philly is. Honest to goodness, like it, it makes no sense. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is I want to I feel like for Matt Nagy, this could be it for him if if they don't make, you know, strides and leaps. I don't know. Maybe he gets the benefit of, okay, I have a rookie quarterback, so give me one more year, maybe. Um, But yeah, it's got to feel like a breath of fresh air getting rid of Mitchell Trubisky because I, I, you know, he what he did in that first year with Trubisky going 12 and four and obviously that double doink. That, that cost them in the playoffs. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit for, for what he was able to do with Trubisky in, in, in that one year. Uh, it fell apart after that, but I mean, Trubisky's not a good player. He's in Buffalo now backing up uh, Josh Allen, but yeah, he's not going to ever again in his career, that's most sad. likely. It is sad. He's a top so, three. He's a, a third overall pick, right? Yep. And now he's going to be a perennial backup. Yeah. Until... He's the next Blake Bortles. It's sad. He's the next Blake Bortles. Um, I thought he had real yeah. potential. Yeah. He, he runs yeah. that like dual option offense mm-hmm. pretty well. That yeah. year that they made it to the playoffs, they looked legit. Yeah, they, they absolutely did look legit. Um, He's just, it was one of those things just it didn't pan out. Um, and, and so now he's gone. So Nagy has a renewed life, renewed uh, fresh air. And, and maybe they come out hot, but. This isn't a playoff team, in my opinion, not yet. Um, and so it remains to be seen if, if he is going to keep his job beyond this season. It'll be interesting for sure to see to see this thing play out. Um. Okay. Oh, one one quick yeah. one more thing on the um the Vikings. Okay, I, go ahead. I want them to take that next on. step. I want that. I want that team to take the next step. They're one of those teams that I want them to finally put their foot on the pedal and win this division. Like they, this, this year's their chance to, because the Packers, they're, they're showing their own frustrations. They're voicing their own opinions too much. Um, the bears are going to be maybe like a six, seven, eight win team. And you have Detroit who is, they're probably not going to be that much better, even with the quarterback change that they did. So, I mean, the Vikings have a nice opportunity here to be a really good team, win 11, 12, maybe even 13 games this year. They're all back healthy. I'm looking for Kirk cousins to take that next step. Um, just wanted to throw that in there. I think I think highly of that team this year. I do. Do you? And they just signed Harrison Smith uh, to a new f- four-year, sixty-something uh, million extension today. Oh, they did. So, yeah, they did. Yeah, he's a stud. I like him. He's a, he's a great he's a great piece on that defense. That defense is nice, and that offense. If they keep Dalvin healthy, and they look like they did in the first half of last year, not the second half, then I think they're going to be good. You like that? You like that? Mm-hmm. Classic. I do like that. Classic. Yeah, I like Cousins. that too. I, 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 like I got to say too, I, I love the Kirk Cousins story. You know, third round pick. Of course, he was there in Washington um, behind RG3, waited his turn, you know, and and he made the best of it. So, yeah, like I said, the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to be contending for a playoff spot just about every year. Um, and and we'll, we'll we'll see how it is. But. Um, let's, let's move along. Let's jump over to, we've got two more divisions left. Let's go to, in my opinion, what is the toughest division or what is going to be the most competitive division in all of football. And that is the NFC West. And you've got four really good teams in this division. Like I said, you have, um, of course, you have the Seahawks who won this division. They just recently paid Jamal Adams, uh, making him the highest paid safety. But um, 
they've got to live with the personality that is Jamal Adams, who I believe can be a cancer for that team. But that's neither here nor there. Um, You've also got the San Francisco 49ers. You expect them to be back in contention for possibly even a Super Bowl. Okay, what the only question mark I have there is the quarterback. What is going to happen? I don't think it's fair to Jimmy Garoppolo to say, uh, to have gone out and really drafted a Trey Lance. You were in a Super Bowl just, what, two years ago? Um, and that was because partly because of Jimmy G. So to now just throw him away and be like, yeah, we got to move on and go with a quarterback, it sucks for him. So he, in the short term, it'll be Jimmy G. But in the long term, he's headed well out this door um and they're not you know they're gonna be uh packing his bags for him so but but that defense is gonna get back both so they're gonna get back those guys that were injured last season so they're gonna be much better there they lose robert sala defensive coordinator obviously so that might have some ramifications there but by all by all means necessary um shanahan those guys they're gonna have this team ready to compete and then you've got Arizona, who was right there, you know, with the playoffs as well. Kyler Murray making that leap. DeAndre Hopkins, um, they're going to be good too. And then don't forget the L.A. Rams. They now have an upgrade at quarterback in Matthew Stafford. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know how much of a limb I'm going out on in saying this, but I believe the L.A. Rams are going to be your 2021 NFC West champs. I believe the Rams are going to win this division. Um, I think people have forgotten what Sean McVay can do. He's another one that pretty much got as much as he could get out of a Jared Goff. Um, Granted, you know, they, we talked about it. They just trade, they traded for Sonny Michelle recently to, to kind of bolster that running back depth. Of course they lost to the Patriots and Sonny Michelle scored a touchdown in that Super Bowl a couple years ago, in which they lost 13-3 to to the Patriots. So um, it's a welcome foe there now. But I think he's one of the best, if not the best, offensive mind in football right now is Sean McVay. And I think with Matthew Stafford, they have just uh, unleashed Pandora's box. I think what he's going to be able to do, should he stay healthy, um, that's you know, the big question mark, obviously, with any of these predictions. But if he stays healthy, I really do believe that the Rams have just elevated themselves to the top of this division. Seattle has been there for too long, and I think we just automatically assume that the Seahawks and Russell Westbrook are going to be at the top. But Russell Wilson, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do that all the time. Um, Russell Wilson, excuse me. But the problem with the Seahawks is their identity on offense. Too many games we see them. It's the start of the fourth quarter. They're down multiple scores. And then, you know, Russell pulls a rabbit out of his hat and scores 20 in the third, in the fourth, and they come back and win. Like, stuff like that where they're down at half and then he has to just start firing away in the second half. I just think their identity is a little bit uh, lost. They're still a very, very good football team, and they will probably make the playoffs. But between them and Arizona, I just, I don't know. Something about this Rams team leads me to believe that they're the team to beat in this division. Yeah, the Rams last year were one of those teams that I always wanted to count out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I regretted counting them out. I would, I would pick them to not cover spreads, and they would cover spreads. Not only cover, they would win. 
Uh, and, and the same with Arizona on the opposite side. I would pick them to cover and they wouldn't. Or, and they would keep it really close. And they showed flashes throughout the year that they could be a really good team and compete in this insanely talented division. Um, and they had some amazing plays. Like one of the most iconic plays is that DeAndre Hopkins Hail touchdown Mary. catch, yeah. the Hail Mary, with three people on him. Against the Bills. Yeah, and don't forget, this is a, this is a guy that they traded for too. Mm-hmm. And they're they're taking you know this team and their their chance and their window at success with even within this division pretty seriously. I, I this division very talented. I think the Rams. I I kind of disagree with you about how far I think they can go. Um, just because, like you said, even with Seattle there, but it's hard to get past a team like Seattle. It's very very hard to get past. It is, team. especially having to play there. But if you if that team wins the division and the Rams, you know maybe finish on a wild card. And they end up meeting in the playoffs, and that game is in Seattle. That 12th man is legit. For some reason, man, those fans up in Seattle get chirping, and it gets loud, and they love that team. And it's a great team. Russell Wilson, one of the few quarterbacks, like I said before, those quarterbacks that you want to have the ball in the last two minutes to make a game-winning drive with, he's, he's that guy. He is that guy. And the Rams, this is kind of like a flyer season for them. They're going to see what they have in Stafford. They're going to see if, you know, he can repeat some of that success that he had in Detroit, carrying that team, carrying them to even just be competent and competitive. Um, and, and you know, and the Niners, they get a lot of pieces back on defense. Like you said, they're going to come back healthy. They lost some, some of their uh, coaching staff pieces, but um, I like them to still, still win like nine games this year, maybe 10. Um, but yeah. I would say, I would say the Seahawks are, the team to beat in this division. That's that's fair. I mean, they won the division last year. What they go like twelve and four. But yeah. I, I will say, probably the most improved team. You know, you've got to say it's the Rams, just be based on the quarterback alone, and that being the most um, important position on the field. But I do like what Arizona did. They went out. They signed AJ Green. They brought in James Conner. Um, another good running back there behind Chase Edmonds. So I think this team is looking to bolster that offense. They know they're just a little bit short, but with Kyler Murray and his playmaking ability, this is one of those teams, uh, much like the Ravens, where they could score in a flash. Like they could be one play, boom, all of a sudden 75 yards to the house, touchdown. Um, so with that respect, in that respect, I, I do think this is easily, quite easily, the toughest division because the 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 Cardinals they they did up their game, they did improve uh, tremendously, and so it's going to be really interesting to see if these teams though start beating each other up within that division. That's when it's going to get tricky, and that's when it's going to be hard for one of these teams to make a deep run into the playoffs because if you don't get one of those top two seeds and get home field advantage it's going to be really tough to beat a team like Tampa Bay um, because, again, Tampa Bay, they didn't have home field advantage last year throughout the playoffs until the Super Bowl, and that was just you know coincidence that it was being played in their stadium. So yeah. if they can get home field advantage this season, I mean, imagine what they could do with that. So it's going to be crucial for one of these NFC West teams to to win their division and just for that alone I don't I think it's going to be very difficult for one of them to make it make a run to the Super Bowl just because of how much they're going to have to beat up on each other within within that division yeah I I agree and I think the road to the Super Bowl goes through the NFC West I think so 
one of those teams yeah. is going to come away with 12 wins, 13 wins, and they're going to be a top two seed, and you're going to have to go through them to get to the Super Bowl. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I do think that again, like I said, um, with this division, I mean, it it could be. I, I saw an article earlier that said this division, all four teams could possibly make the playoffs. That's how good these this division is. That's how good these teams are. So if you come in last in this division, um, yes, it's gonna suck, but. Don't count yourself out because you possibly could still make the playoffs. That's how yeah. stacked it is. Yeah, you never know. And it's not like the Niners are announcing their quarterback. They're not. They haven't right. said. They haven't said. All signs point to Jimmy G obviously coming out and winning that starting quarterback job. But you got Trey Lance right there, and he's one of the most promising quarterbacks in this draft. You know, And the same thing with Justin Fields in Chicago. Can you believe that they announced that he's not the starting quarterback? Andy uh, Dalton, shocking. Andy, Andy Dalton is a starting quarterback. I know. And they announced that they had no fears of it. They were like, "Hello, world! Andy Dalton's our starting quarterback." Like after week two preseason. I know. You commit a tenth round pick, and this guy's Matt Nagy's ass is on fire for three years in a row. He probably has third degree third degree burns on his ass cheeks. Yeah. From how hot that seat has gotten. I know. And they're and they're not committing. And I think the Niners should just come out and put Trey Lance in too. They probably I mean, the guy's that talented. What are you going to do? You're going to waste your time with Jimmy G as your starting quarterback just for him to go down with some freak knee injury uh, week three and then Trey starts anyway. Just throw him in there. Well, the problem with that, too, is like if you, you go with Jimmy G, what if he balls out in the first few weeks? And now what? You can't True. then switch and, and go with Trey Lance. So th- it's not a smart move. But if you start off with Trey Lance and then you realize, OK, he there's too there's too much going on here. The growing pains are 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 too incremental. We're gonna have to back things up, bench him, and go back to Jimmy G. Because even though you're doing that, you're still saying Trey Lance, you committed a third a third overall pick. You're not getting rid of him after one year. So you're just dialing it back. You're giving him more time to develop, and then maybe you go into a bye week. I don't know when um, San Francisco's bye week is. Actually, let me look that up right now. So their bye week is week six. So I could see Trey Lance if he doesn't if they don't put him in as the starter, insert him as the starter before week six. I think coming out of that bye week, headed into a um, Sunday night game against Indianapolis at home, that could be the game that they elect to to throw um, Trey Lance into the fire. The other wrinkle in this is the other rookie quarterbacks, like you just said, in Chicago with Justin Fields. Okay, what's going on there? If they decide to go with Justin Fields earlier rather than later, does that put more pressure on the 49ers to then say, okay, we've got to go with Trey Lance because maybe that's working out or, or whatever. So it, it's there's a lot to unpack here. This division is going to be an absolute killer all season long. I, I can't call it. Like I said, I'm throwing the Rams out there as your division winners. They could easily finish last in this division for all I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a total crapshoot. I just, it's one of those weird gut feelings that I have. Um, like I said earlier, it's kind of Sean McVay is just opening up. It's opening up Pandora's box. He's probably just having dreams about all the things he can do with Matthew Stafford at, at, at the helm running his team. And he's going to be like, you think you saw 
you saw anything with, with uh, Jared Goff, wait till you see what I do with Matthew Stafford. So it should be a fun um, wild ride this entire season with the NFC West. Okay, last but certainly not least, we have the final division to go over, and that is the NFC South. Of course, your Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers reside in this division. Um, the biggest question mark here is the quarterback play uh, throughout the division. You have, uh, of course, two new quarterbacks in the division. Drew Brees has since retired, and the um, Saints have now finally, uh, they were toying back and forth with, with the Taysom Hill and with um, Jameis Winston, but they have since named Jameis the starter. He looked legit on Monday night against the Jaguars. throwing a couple touchdowns. I mean, that was scary how good he looked. Um, so I expect them to be right up there. Of course, they won the division uh, last year, but no Michael Thomas for God knows how long, okay? Um, Alvin Kamara is really by himself. Who's going to step up and be that leader of that uh, of that team? I'm not exactly sure there. So there's question marks with the Saints. Then you trickle your way down. You have Carolina. Of course, they traded for Sam Darnold. He is their new quarterback. Um, I think it was yesterday, Sam Darnold, or two days ago, but Sam Darnold um, finally got some extended playing time in the preseason. He looked legit. He was 19 of 25, 160 or so yards. He threw two touchdowns, including one to Robbie Anderson, um, and he looked pretty good. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous because the Jets play them week one. We shall see what happens there. But Carolina has big question mark going into year two with Matt Rule. And then, of course, below them, you have the Atlanta Falcons, who are bringing back Matt Ryan. Um, curiosity, uh, it's very curious what their philosophy is and, and what they're what, what they're doing because they were one of those teams that was rumored, are they going to draft a quarterback at number four? And of course, they didn't draft a quarterback. Instead, going with the stud tight end out of Florida and Kyle Pitts. Um, so it was a little interesting there. Of course, they don't really you know have an air repair to uh, Matt Ryan. They've got you know the the bandage, which is AJ McCarron, who's really a journeyman quarterback, game manager type. And then they did bring in Felipe Franks. Um, so, but again, you know, he's I don't even think he was drafted. I think he was undrafted. So the direction this team is going, I don't understand it. They lost Julio Jones. Uh, th this is they they got Russell Gage. Yes, um, they drafted him out of LSU um, in the sixth round. Um, and I, I, I like what I've seen there. But overall, I think this team is in a serious rebuild and they're looking for a top five pick to draft Matt Ryan's um, successor. I think so, too. The, the Falcons, the puzzling moves, they don't really replace Julio, but they do with Pitts. If that makes sense, he's more he's like a hybrid tight end, but he plays more of the position like how Ingram does, how he's like a, a wide receiver type flex player. Um, AJ McCarron actually just went down with an injury okay. uh, a couple a couple days ago. He's done for the year. Oh, I, I yeah. And so I think it's an Achilles injury. So that's their backup quarterback done. That's right. Um, so look for them to that. maybe make like some type of trade um, just to get somebody behind Matt Ryan in case he gets 
Rock'em Sock'em Robot in the game again. I mean, I have to believe that Nick Foles is going to get traded before yeah, the season starts. You would imagine so, right? But the incompetence of some of these owners and GMs is is not surprising. Puzzling, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam looks good. You're right. I watched that game. He actually looked pretty impressive. Uh, and I, I'm excited for this team. Uh, I, I really hope that Miami trades for Deshaun because I want to see Sam Me too. in Carolina. I want to see Sam, and I want to see what he can do with some help, man. They, they get Christian McCaffrey back this year. That's going to be huge for them. Huge. He's he's probably the best running back in the league when he's healthy. I agree. And he is – he's a beast. He does it all. He's so physical. He's so fast. And he's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league too. He's such a dual threat. I, he's better than Alvin Kamara at what Kamara does. Yes. And they're in the same division too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be interesting when, when those two finally uh, – those two teams finally meet up with each other. And then the Saints, too. You lose Drew Brees in the offseason. He retires, goes out on his little chariot over the sunset. You, you re-sign uh, Jameis to a one-year deal, keep him in the building. The only thing I don't like that they did is the Taysom Hill contract. Yeah. it's Everyone saw that, and they're like, what the hell? I know. You, you gave a tight end that much money <laughs> to take three yeah. direct snaps at the goal line and get stuffed at the two-yard line and maybe lose a yard? It's, yep. it's it's puzzling. He is a flex player. He does bring a lot to the offense, and you always got to appreciate the diversity of these players because it just makes your playbook that much better. Bill Belichick has been taking advantage of that for years where he brings people in on his team that are dual threats, like a Julian Edelman-esque where they played qu- uh, quarterback in college, and he brings out a couple trick plays every now and then, and you get a free seven points because of a busted coverage. But, I mean... I like the Saints this year. Jameis did look nice the other day. Um, along yeah. with that w- wide receiver he put on the map who had a crazy performance. He had like two really nice touchdown Mark catches. In the Callaway. Yes, he had a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tampa Bay basically just copy and pasted what they did last year. Yeah. They literally just copied and yep. pasted. Yep. If you look at – if you guys go on Google, type in Tampa Bay Buccaneers free agents. Every single person just says re-signed, re-signed. Yeah. Leonard Fournette, back. Antonio Brown, back. Rob Gronkowski, back. Shaq Barrett, back. Everybody. The only one they lost, which, um, you know, isn't saying much, is they they replaced LaShawn McCoy with Giovanni Bernard, which is an upgrade anyway. Yeah, that is pretty much an upgrade because Giovanni's been one of the journeymen in the league, too. He's been he's been the guy that teams rely on, especially when he was with the Bengals, like when people get hurt. Yeah. They go down with an injury, and you have a reliable running back yep. that you can squeeze in for the time being. Yep, good pass catcher out of the backfield. You know, he, yeah. he, he could get it done on third down. So, yeah, this team is far and away the the biggest front runners of probably any division. Um, and – yeah, it's just going to be about whether the Saints can maintain that level uh, of um, explosiveness, if you will, on offense. Uh, I think Sean Payton's a good coach, but I think there's a reason they only have one Super Bowl win, and it's because he almost like overmanages or d- tries to do too much on offense. Like yes. a lot of times when he does, when he would sub out Drew Brees and bring in Taysom Hill, it's like, why? This is not the time for this. Like Drew Brees is just getting in his rhythm. Don't take him out now. And then he does some crazy stuff and it blows up in their face. And, and it's just like, you're scratching your head, questioning it. So, um, poor Sean Payton. He's been on the yeah. back end of 
the one thing that we all know exists in the NFL, which is football karma. Yep. It exists. And if you don't think it exists, then look at Sean Payton. He is the exhibit A for doing the wrong thing and it coming back to bite you still years later with the no pass interference call. Then they change the rule and even the rule change still screws him. Mm-hmm. Like it's just he can't get away from some of these things that are just divine intervention with karma. Yeah. And I feel bad because I like watching him and I like watching the Saints. They're an exciting team and, and they have a very, very passionate fan base and an honest fan base, too. A lot of these teams, you know, these fans come and go, but I feel like the Saints are one of those consistent teams that they just have these diehard, like the fan with the giant whistle on his head. Oh, yeah. One of the most notable Saint fan. I love that guy. Yeah. I hope they're doing okay with that hurricane that's coming through there, by the way. Yeah. If anybody's down there in Louisiana, it's supposed to hit Louisiana pretty hard. It hits a close yet today, but it is supposed to hit them hard. And I don't know what Sean Payton ever did to deserve this, but there is a movie coming out on Netflix about that (laughs) that season that he was suspended and he coached his kids like Pop Warner team. And Kevin James is going to be playing Sean Payton. (laughs) So I am excited for this. I think it's going to be absolutely hysterical. Yeah, we both love Kevin James. Let's check. Yeah, Kevin James is probably uh, a little heftier than Sean Payton. So yeah. I don't know what he did to deserve to deserve that, but uh, that should be fun uh, to watch. I'm excited. I don't know if they've started production on that, but it it, sh- it should be interesting, no doubt. Um, gives me those uh, kicking and screaming vibes with uh, Will Ferrell a little bit that that film. Um, so you know, yeah. Um, th- I mean, yeah. That pretty much th- that basically wraps up the divisions. Um, I don't know. You know, if you have any like futures bets you want to talk about real quick or anything like in terms of that week one like stuff. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple games that are week one that we can get to. We'll probably make a podcast if you're willing uh, right before okay. uh, like a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. We'll do a little spiel and put it out on IG or something like that. Yeah. Or, or the Friday before that would probably be ideal, too. Um, yeah. We'll go over some picks. The only futures that I saw, I have a couple people that I, I follow on Twitter that kind of give the rundown of, of some of the futures that they like. Um, the only ones I really saw were um, Aaron Rodgers' total touchdowns is very low. Okay, Coming off an MVP season and the fact that the whole disgruntled uh, offseason, for some reason, they, I guess it counted against him by like eight or nine touchdowns off of what he did last year, which is Jesus. kind of crazy because everybody else, is, they're just coming back. It's the same team, really. Mm-hmm. And he has a little bit of, of a, you know, he has fuel in the fire. Yeah, chip he, on his he, shoulder, kind of. He's got a, exactly. He has a little chip on his shoulder. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only prop that I saw, um, Trevor Lawrence rushing touchdowns. A guy tweeted that he had like 18 in 25 games at Clemson or something, mm-hmm. and his total for this year, over under, I think like two and a half. Wow. And he reminds me of like a Josh Allen style player where he might throw for one or two and then get a rushing touchdown in as well. I know they don't, Um, he's not going to, he's not the guy that's going to want to run, but I know if you're down around the goal line, one or two yard line, I don't see why they wouldn't just go easy quarterback sneak. Well, I said before when you were um, fixing the batteries that he took a run play. I saw it last week. Yes. And he got hit yeah. in the knee and the shoulder yes. and he got pancaked and yeah. everybody like freaked out because they yes. thought he might've gotten hurt on the play. He was a little slow to get up. Yeah. So he does have that instinct built into him he does. to kind of get that first down. 
yes. with his legs. Yeah. So the the ability is there. The mindset is actually there. He showed it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those futures bets that when he tweeted that out, that he liked, that yeah. I kind of agreed with. Yeah, that's I like a nice that one. one. Too. But there's a lot out there. Like you can um basically bet on anything. Derrick Henry to get 2,000 yards again or lead the league in rushing touchdowns. I like that one unless, you know, um, the only thing that really scares me out of the running back position is Saquon. If Saquon stays healthy, I think that he has a decent year. Maybe he doesn't lead the league in yards, but touchdowns, I can I can, I can, can see him doing that. Kamara, too, but I like Derrick Henry. Yeah, Dal- I don't trust Dalvin. There's a lot of running. We can get into a fantasy podcast, too, if you want, but yeah, I, I don't I don't like these injury prone guys. I think I think Saquon takes a big step this year. I think so. And I and I dude, that's coming from me. Yeah, I freaking hate the Giants. Wow. But I like Saquon. I don't know. There's just something about like, I think this year is his year to 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 take a step. Him, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, I think are going to be your top three running backs this year. I don't trust Dalvin. I don't trust Kamara with that all, you know. When you have Drew Brees as your quarterback, then the threat of the pass is real, and you can right. run the ball effectively. Right? They, is Jameis back there? He's going to have to prove it. I know. De- defenses are going to challenge him, and then the one thing that they know that they can take away is the run. Every team knows that. You can always take away the run and then uh, settle for like bogus pass plays or something later. You know, you, you want to stop the run first. You have to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to make it hard for a team like that to have success. But yeah, I think I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I just have a weird feeling about it. All right. Well, it's been two hours. Um, I guess we'll wrap this thing up. I'm laughing, though, because one of our friends is at Orioles game and he got hit in the face trying to catch a home run. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently he got the ball after it hit him in the face. And then he caught another one because he had to redeem himself. And then he gave it to a kid, which if that were me, sorry, kid, I'm going home with two baseballs. I'm yep. not I'm not a. Uh, I'm not giving one away because that's the first one he's ever gotten. So that's just, it's hilarious. I posted a picture of it too. That's a Rob Manfred juiced baseball. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) But uh, that's a good way to wrap up the show. Yeah. If you want, we could come back like right before the season and uh, go over like bets we like for, for week one or, you know, uh, make it, you know, a nice clean episode, just straight up on, on the bets we like from different books and different, odds boosts and such. So um, with that being said, guys, I uh, appreciate you all for tuning in and listening to this episode. Um, I'm the Pody. That's Nick. I'm Nick. Hope you guys enjoy. Tune in next week for an all new episode. Uh, We've got our fantasy draft coming up. I I pray that um, I can get a decent team with the ninth, ninth pick. Where are you picking? I'm picking third third all right so maybe we'll we'll come back after that's over we'll give a little rundown of our teams uh you guys could could uh you know see for yourselves how good or bad they are but uh yeah with that being said this has been our uh basically entire preview of the nfl season to come i'm excited that football is back baby let's get can't it wait. can't Love wait it. can't wait all right with that being said we're out Peace. Peace.